This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we move further in our adventure in Acts with John and Peter in Samaria, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, part one, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, part two, the road to Damascus, and Ananias sent to Saul. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, 
seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by the working of your Holy Spirit, grant that we may gladly hear your word proclaimed among us and follow its direction. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah 28. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah the prophet in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. Yet hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple 
Truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in God. from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The sermon today is drawn from the gospel and from the following words from the first lesson. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah the prophet in the presence of, of the priests and of all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, may the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. For the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent that prophet. Jeremiah 28, verses 5 and 6 and 9. It's a little hard to tell what's going on in this morning's Old Testament lesson from Jeremiah chapter 28. At first blush, it seems as though Jeremiah is agreeing with, or at least showing restraint toward, the rival prophet Hananiah, who was a contemporary of Jeremiah. Here it's helpful to understand the overall context of the passage. Back in chapter 25, Jeremiah had stated that Israel and all the surrounding nations would become a desolate wasteland and that all the nations would serve, would serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Hananiah had said, however, that within two years, Yahweh would bring back to the Temple Mount all the items of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had moved from there, and that he would also bring to that place Jehoiachin, the previously deposed king of Judah, and all the exiles, for he would break the yoke of the king of Babylon. In the lesson appointed for today, Jeremiah seems to be siding amicably with Hananiah, the false prophet. Amen, Jeremiah says pleasantly enough. May the Lord Yahweh do as you say. May Yahweh fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing the articles of Yahweh's house 
and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. He does add one seemingly minor concession, however. Jeremiah points out that from early times, other prophets who had preceded himself and Hananiah had been prophesying war, disaster, and plagues against many countries and against great nations. But nonetheless, the rare prophet who proclaims peace is truly recognized as being sent by Yahweh if the prediction comes true. So much our Old Testament lesson appointed for today. But unfortunately, the pericopal committee excise that portion of the text that illumines everything that has proceeded up to this point. For following Jeremiah's rather benign comment, Hananiah dramatically wrenches the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, breaks it, and says that Lord Yahweh will do thus and so to break away the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar off the nations within two years. It was the type of prophetic act that would have made a big stir and gladdened the worried hearts of the Israelites who were watching the rising tide of Babylon with some alarm. Ultimately, Jeremiah, with Yahweh's instruction, would have to tell Hananiah that the God of Israel would put an iron yoke in place of the wooden yoke on these subject peoples and that Hananiah himself and that very year would die because he had not been sent by the Lord. In the very last verse of chapter 28, we read the words, in the seventh month of that same year, Hananiah the prophet died. So Jeremiah had been right all along. More importantly, the correct prophecy and God's honor had been vindicated. We may learn from this first that people like drama are inclined to follow false prophets and hew to the path of the least resistance. Hananiah knew that the people of Israel knew the people of Israel and fashioned a prophetic preachment that he suspected they would approve of and be drawn in by. Back in chapter 25, Jeremiah had said that because the Israelites had not listened nor paid heed to himself and to the prophets that were rightly sent in Israel's past, the Lord Yahweh would raise up Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonians, to put Judah and Jerusalem into captivity for 70 years. Hananiah had proclaimed amicably enough, not 70 years, but only two years. Then everything will return to normal. The temple service will be restored, and King Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, will be returned, along with all the other exiles. Oh, peace and joy. The people loved it and Jeremiah's message of gloom and destruction ran a poor second to Hananiah's prophecy of peace and hope. If we may put this into our own terms and contexts, 
Marriage between a man and a woman is not so important anymore, but just so Adam and Steve really love one another. Who are we to judge? Our God is an awesome God, that is a loving God, and we are called to gospel ministry, aren't we? A bit of honey attracts outsiders to our services, not smelly, rancid vinegar. So let's sweeten the pot by making it a bit easier to be a Christian at our church. So what is this closed communion? A relic of a bygone age that will turn modern people off. My Baptist friend who knows the Bible better than I do can't commune at our altar? Are you kidding? Just because Baptists have a different understanding of the Lord's Supper? Who do we think we are, Pastor? Are Missouri Synod Lutherans the only ones who are going to go to heaven? And so it goes. The Hananiah-type pastor goes along with such arguments and invents some more of his own. That way of thinking is all the rage nowadays in all the Christian churches and in quite a few of the Lutheran churches as well. Hananiah-type pastors cut corners and encourage the laity to do the same. The laity quickly catch on and expect some more. It is all a matter of being more gospel-motivated, more mission-driven. It is not hard to see how such thinking infects churches. But there's more that we can learn from this passage, this exchange between Jeremiah and Hananiah. Notice that Jeremiah does not lose his cool toward Hananiah all at once. In fact, he even says, Amen, may Yahweh do as you say. May Yahweh fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing home the exiles from Babylon and achieving peace. To bring it home to our time and context, it's as if the Orthodox pastor were telling the Hananiah-type pastor, well and so, I hope open communion works for you, even though that is not the practice of our Lutheran Church nor of the New Testament. I see Jeremiah here wanting very much to avoid controversy and let bygones be bygones if he can. After all, Paul said, insofar as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave that to the wrath of God. Romans 12, 18 to 19. Gamaliel had said that the Jewish council should let Peter go for if God was on their side, they could not stop them even if they wanted to, Acts 5.38. And Jesus said that whoever is not against the apostles is for them, Mark 9.39-40. Let us not forget that our Lord Jesus Christ patiently and consistently presents himself as a friend to sinners not as an inquisitor, spy, or informant. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, Proverbs 15, verse 1. 
So what kind of brother will you be to that pastor who has wide open communion if you can't even talk to him about it? And what will become of those lesbians' daughter, the one that is in your Lutheran school, if they can't talk to you at all? Don't you see that God may make of you an agent of change for those lost in error's maze? God can work miracles through flesh and blood sinners such as ourselves, coming to the wayward brother or sister with a gentle word of truth rather than recrimination, yea, even helping that lesbian couple to reconsider, to relent. Perhaps they can be brought to repentance and faith through the solid teaching and example of a faithful Lutheran pastor or of a committed Lutheran deaconess. For so it was in the beginning when Paul set forth his pastoral counsel regarding homosexuality in Romans chapter 1, a passage that all of you in the MDiv track will be reading in Pauline epistles. Let us then in our respective ministries present ourselves humbly and meekly as a friend of sinners, such as Jeremiah was, such as our Lord Jesus Christ was and is here and now for others, indeed for us, sinners that we are. For Jesus says, Do not suppose that I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. It is a heavy sword that pits family members against one another, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be in his own household. That's how it is for all of us sinners, as well as the sinners into whose proximity the Lord will send you and me. There is a cross to bear in being a Christian, and no one of us is worthy in his or her own right. Therefore, we are all saved by God's grace through faith. Today, the Lord Jesus Christ gives his body and blood to such sinners as we are to forgive us our sins and steady us for Christian service to others, always others outside ourselves. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Mindful of the wonderful works and great deeds of the Lord, let us pray for the kingdom of God and for all people everywhere. Lord God, give us your Holy Spirit so that when the world places obstacles in our path, we may continue to follow Jesus wherever his word leads. Grant us patience and long-suffering so that we may always overcome evil with good. Lord, in your mercy. Sustain, O Lord, your holy church, that the word of truth may go forth, calling many to repentance. Bless all who serve in the church, 
teachers, directors of Christian education, and all those who serve our children and young people, that they may faithfully carry out their calling with joy. Lord, in your mercy. Be present, O Lord, in the homes where our people dwell. Give husbands and wives grace to be faithful to each other. Protect our children from the influences of sin as they grow up learning to trust in you. Bind together all families and instill in them a love for you and for one another. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of the nations, we praise you for the nation in which you have allowed us to dwell. Continue to defend this land from every attack of Satan from within and without, that we may be protected from our enemies, live at peace with one another, and be permitted to live our lives according to your word. Lord, in your mercy. Have mercy, O Lord, upon all in need of your help. Heal the sick and grant them strength to put their trust in you. Console those who mourn in their time of grief, that they may ever cling to the promise of the resurrection to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Heavenly, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and on all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In your righteous judgment, you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve, who ate the forbidden fruit, and you justly barred them and all their children from the tree of life. Yet in your great mercy, you promise salvation by a second Adam, your son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and made his cross to be a life-giving tree for all who trust in him. We give you thanks for the redemption you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may faithfully eat and drink of the fruits of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in his body and blood. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me.
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.